Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to The Men of Valor Program. Uh, we're continuing, uh, Randy, our series on uh, significant or helpful books in uh, the field of recovery. And uh, today we're going to move on to two of my favorite books. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the boundaries. And then we're going to be talking about the blessing. Well, the nice thing about this series that I've been enjoying, Mark, is the fact that uh, in these cases thus far, these are these are uh, not only associates but friends of yours. Yes. Uh, so, right. so people who have been in the business uh, like yourself for all these many years, and there's just a world of experience uh, that they bring to the table in these books. Well, that's right, and it is interesting for me to kind of go over history here with uh, both of these books and the fact that the authors are or were. Good friends of mine. Uh, the author of the second book, uh, uh, Gary Smalley, is now dead. But uh, anyway, we'll get into that one. Uh, first, I wanted to start with uh, the book uh, Boundaries, and I have stories to tell about <laughs> that. that always helps. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, the book Boundaries is uh, basically about the idea that in a family or in any system that we're in. So even here at Faithful and True, Debbie and I and the staff, you guys are. We're a family, so uh, we need to have certain boundaries, certain things that we won't do uh, because they would be immoral, unethical, unfair, whatever they are. And then, but there are also certain things that we should do that are, you know, just part of a healthy system. So one of the things that uh, the authors of this, John Townsend, and uh, I always forget the name of the second guy. It'll come to me. It's my senior. Uh, memory at the moment. But one of the things we talk about with boundaries is that so basically uh, boundaries define safety. If a, if a system like a family or your work situation, your church, your school, whatever, is a safe system, there are things that are uh, just not going to happen and things that are going to happen. And then we say if your life experience is such that you had uh, boundaries crossed, there would be uh, things that are happening to you that shouldn't happen and we say that that kind of boundary violation is a matter of invasion. Uh, now, on the other hand, if there's things that should happen that are not happening, we also say that's a boundary violation, and uh, that doesn't help a person feel safe, but that's more a matter of abandonment or neglect. In my own situation, which I think the listeners are well familiar with because I've told my story any number of times, but uh, being a sexual abuse survivor early on, you know, that was uh, an invasion of me, uh, particularly in my own bedroom. And then for my mom and others that might have been aware of this to have done nothing about it, you know, that's uh, a matter of neglect. So I can say that uh, John Townsend and Henry, the first name came to me, it'll come to me it's kind of exciting. It, it helps our listeners uh, uh, stay with us because they can hardly wait <laughs> for your memory to kick in so yeah. they know both authors. Well, Henry Cloud, that's it. John Townsend and Henry Cloud. So they describe all of this. They describe systems. They, uh, and they also talk about, you know, as an adult in your recovery, uh, how to have healthy boundaries. So, you know, we all need healthy boundaries in whatever systems we operate 
What has been fascinating to me over the years is that here at the center, when we have men coming for counseling or for uh, the workshops, that uh, there are certainly a lot of men that have, uh, you know, been invaded. I mean, we just finished a workshop last week, and I was just hearing some of the stories, and you know, there was a there was a ton of men that were invaded uh, sexually and uh, physically, you know, and uh, getting kind of physically abused. And then there were several men who, when they first came, they basically thought they came from uh, quote normal unquote family, and you know, we accept that. On a, on a relative scale, that might have, might be true. But what they discovered over the course of the weekend is that while they didn't have any of this sexual or physical uh, violence, they certainly had issues of neglect with their mothers and or their fathers. And I, I say that neglect uh, boundary violation or abandonment boundary violation is highly significant and it perhaps provides the energy for our quest that sex addicts are on to find what it is that they never had in the first place. So part of the challenge is how do you know what you didn't have if you never had it? But That's what it sounds like to me, is that it struck me that as you were describing that, that that's probably a revelation that several men come to when they come for the Men of Valor workshop. And uh, as I hear you describe it, uh, these boundaries, it would probably apply to 99, if not 100% of the men mm -hmm. uh, who struggle with sexual purity issues. That's right. That's right. So, for example, in my case, if it was the fact that, you know, my mother didn't, uh, my mother was, don't get me wrong, uh, listeners, my mother was a very good woman. She was, uh, you know, very, I, I know she loved me, and uh, she was not able to provide me with a lot of, uh, or any, uh, kind of emotional conversation about things spiritual conversations about, which is interesting because she was, you know, one of my early Sunday school teachers. So, you know, I know she was a person of deep Christian faith. I know she was capable of teaching Bible stories. And yet when it came to one-on-one -on -one experience with me, so in other words, in the classroom, like the Sunday school classroom, she was able to do things. But in terms of talking to me one-on-one, -on -one, particularly as I got older in my adolescence, uh, she was not able to have those conversations. My mother was a nurse. So if, uh, I was sick. She was she was the one you wanted. I mean, she would take you to the doctor. She would uh, administer any and all bandages. She would pass out any and all drugs that you were on. And I, I just don't have a, a lot of memories of my mother, you know, touching me otherwise, you know, so, which is fascinating because, you know, being diabetic and having uh, cancer, it allows me the opportunity regularly every week to go into health clinics and deal with nurses. So, mm -hmm. you know, nurses, uh, don't get me wrong, it's safe for me with 31 years of sobriety. I'm just saying that I like nurses. You know, it's uh, it's my favorite population of professionals. Right. Uh, well, they provide you. Even male nurses I like. It's just nurses, yeah. So Yeah, anyway. well, they, they because of their skills and their, uh, and their occupation, provide a lot of healing, a yeah. lot of touch. Touch is a big part of the healing yeah. that they provide. That's right. So as you have so often said about the need and importance of touch, mm -hmm. uh, and I've heard you talk to the men about this in the workshops, where there are so many that don't understand uh, the healing uh, aspects of human touch. That's right. And, and so if you grew up in a home where you weren't accustomed to being affectionately consoled, loved, affirmed right. by the touch of your mother, uh, that would definitely play a, a strong role, I would think. Yeah, that's right. So, and again, I think that you got to read the book in terms of understanding how to have healthy boundaries. Uh, they've had sequel books too, but uh, 
boundaries in uh, your marriage, married uh, boundaries with, you know, your original family. I know some of the men in uh, various situations have had to put boundaries on their parents. One of the men last night in our Tuesday night group was uh, talking about the fact that his mother all his life was very emotionally invasive. And we sometimes refer to that as emotional incest. And she's still doing it today. I mean, she She's guilting him, shaming him, quoting scriptures about what uh, he owes her, basically, and how he needs to take care of her needs and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to get to a book that talks about this next week. But uh, in the meantime, uh, this particular guy needs to have healthy boundaries with his mother. And he was reading a letter that she'd sent about wanting them to come over to to their house for some kind of celebration. And uh, he knows that when they do that, He's just going to get triggered all the time, and his wife is going to get mistreated, which they've done to her, because they kind of blame her for the reason, uh, for the fact that he has an addiction. They think if she, she was a healthy wife and all that stuff. So um, the book is, uh, you know, sold millions of copies. It's just really a, a fine, uh, seminal, groundbreaking book. And uh, Cloud and Townsend are definitely Christian authors about this, so... Mm-hmm. Now, I want to tell a couple of stories, my favorite stories, okay. before we take our break. So in 1992, uh, that's when my first book, which at the time was called The Secret Sin, now it's called Healing the Wounds of Sexual Addiction. Uh, when that book came out, Zondervan, the publisher, uh, those were the days when uh, they had large marketing departments. The, book, the Christian booksellers have had you know, just a terrible time in the last number of years, last 10 years, really, since 2008. So they don't do this anymore. But back then, there was a big conference called the Christian Booksellers Conference. And uh, Zondervan every year would have a, uh, an author's dinner, particularly for uh, their new authors, the ones that had just published a book for the first time. So uh, we, I get to this dinner, and uh, there are name tags and places. And I'm sitting next to John Townsend, because uh, that was the same year that uh, the book Boundaries came out. So he's sitting to my right, and sitting to my left is Johnny Tata Erickson, you know, the famous Mm -hmm. paraplegic woman woman author, just a sweet and wonderful lady. So there we sit, and John and I, you know, uh, just struck up a conversation about, you know, the work that we were doing. He also has a counseling clinic and does uh, individual and uh, marriage and family counseling. And so we were just talking about family dynamics, boundaries, he was, of course, interested in the dynamic of sexual addiction. So we just talked and talked and talked and talked throughout the whole dinner. At the end of the dinner, Johnny uh, Tata Erickson got my attention because John and I were just talking. She said, I'm angry with both of you guys. I'm really, I'm really mad at you guys. And I said, why is that? I mean, we, we haven't said anything to you. And she said, that's the point. You know, you haven't talked to me the whole night. And so uh, she said... I just think that was incredibly rude. So anyway, we kind of alienated Johnny Tata Erickson. But in the same time, John and I have been uh, lifelong friends since that time. Now, there was uh, one other quick story, and that is that uh, a little while later, uh, he and I both were doing a speech at a Christian conference in Cincinnati, and they had arranged for, since we both had new books, for the two of us to do a book signing at the uh, college or university bookstore where this was being held. And uh, so John was sitting to my right again, and we were talking and talking and talking. Then before I, uh, I knew it, John had a line of people out the door that wanted him to sign the book Boundaries. And 
the whole hour or more that we sat there, I had uh, one uh, guy that I joke had a, pra- uh, a brown paper bag over his head come and want me to sign the book uh, The Secret Sense. So I joke with him that I'll never forgive him. He had at least 100 people uh, that he signed their book uh, that night, and I had one. So that just goes to show you that back in you know 1992 or so, uh, the whole idea of sexual addiction was... Uh, just, you know, nobody was going to come up to an author on that. And on the other hand, you write a general book like Boundaries, and you're going to be a whole lot more popular. Well, it was a lot safer to be seen in yeah. John's line than it was to be seen in yours, as as you, yeah. uh, you know, referred to with the uh, brown bag over the head. It, it oh. just shows those earliest days of mm-hmm. awakening to yeah. the problem of sexual addiction. And uh, you've been there as a... As a uh, healing part of that since way back when so uh, it makes it makes for a sad story yeah. but uh, but in the meantime uh, the point is well taken well the saddest part of the story is that uh, John has made uh, lots of money in royalties and uh, I'm somewhat envious of that but well, he's a good guy and he deserves it well, <laughs> that'll be the theme for a different show, Mark. Well, yeah, right. uh, okay, let's take our break right now, and when we come back, we'll move on, because I know that there's another book that you'd like to tell our listeners about. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Jesus loves me, yes. Jesus loves me, yes. Jesus loves me, yes. Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Every now and then when you feel like you are on your own. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. I'm just aware of the fact uh, from being here at the Counseling Center this week that uh, we're coming up as we're uh, recording this. We're uh, It's the Wednesday before Father's Day. And, uh, you know, when Mother's Day, Father's Day comes along, I think for our population, uh, it's somewhat uh, uh, challenging because, uh, you know, there may, talking about boundaries, there may have been, the boundary violations, uh, you know, either invasion or abandonment with uh, both uh, 
mom and or dad. And uh, one of the guys last night was talking about the fact that uh, he knows he wants to uh, send a card to his dad, uh, but he he was in the Hallmark section of Walgreens or whatever, and he he uh, he just couldn't find one that uh, you know because they all said you were such a wonderful dad and all of this, and uh, you know he doesn't necessarily feel that way. So um, I just think it's a trigger, and in, in a minute here it's going to be a segue into the uh, second book I wanted to talk about today. But this applies to uh, both Mother's Day and Father's Day. And, you know, hear me, uh, listeners, I mean, I am saying send the card. I mean, this is uh, a day to honor our uh, uh, fathers and mothers and uh, figure out some way to do it that you can feel comfortable with. Now, the second thing to think about on Father's Day is, you know, uh, have we been fathers uh, that have given the things to our children that should be given? Uh, Have we hopefully not invaded them in ways that maybe some of us were invaded? And uh, what is the message that we'd like to give our children? Uh, Even though it's supposedly our day, I do think it's a day if uh, any of the fathers out there have some things they need to say to their children, it would be a good day to say them. Makes perfect sense. As you were describing the first half of that point, I thought of... uh about the other side of the coin, which you then addressed, which is um, how we take uh, responsibility for ourselves as fathers. Are we filling the voids that we might have experienced with our fathers uh, with our own kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Are we providing the uh, the same love, guidance, attention, and, and direction that uh, we were so hungry for as we were growing up? That's right. That's exactly right. So that segues us to the second book I wanted to talk about today. And that book is called The Blessing, and it's uh, by two authors, uh, mainly, I think, Gary Smalley, but also another good friend of ours, uh, uh, John Trent. So uh, Smalley and Trent, and uh, this is one of their early books that came out, and uh, it's just a classic. It's just really powerful about how if, how we all need the blessing. Now, I, you know, I think we need it from our fathers and our mothers, but the segue for today is Father's Day. And I do think when we say... You know, a lot of the men have uh, father wounds. It's because they just don't feel like they uh, had their father's blessing. I was talking to a guy yesterday, uh, for example, and he was just a classic example of this. Uh, he was saying that uh, his father was uh, never affirming uh, in you know direct ways. The one thing his father liked was uh, athletic competition. And so he said, I learned uh, that you know junior high and high school... Uh, if I played sports, uh, Dad would attend. And that's really the only way that uh, Dad paid much attention to me. And so he was sitting there, and he had an awareness. He said, you know, now that I think about it, you know, I, I was the classic, you know, football, basketball, baseball guy, and uh, Dad would always come to the games and whatever. Uh, he said, but as I think about it today, I really didn't like playing. You know, I I, I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Uh, I did well at it, he said, and, and the fact that I did well at it would uh, get my father's recognition. So uh, now, this guy, on the other hand, uh, has been struggling, of course, with some sexual addiction, otherwise he wouldn't have been here in the first place. But part of that is because uh, in his uh, professional career, he's uh, been very competitive and uh, very successful. So he's noticing that uh, a lot of uh, his work life certainly has been uh, 
predicated on trying to prove that he's worth something. And that's kind of what we're talking about here with the, uh, with the blessing. The blessing, as we, uh, Debbie and I describe certainly in our book, The Seven Desires of the Heart or Seven Desires, uh, is that ability to, to uh, let someone know that we love them and we care about them and that we're glad, always glad to see them uh, and uh, they don't have to do anything. In fact, I think you don't really have a chance to know about the blessing until such time as you have screwed up. So if you're still loved and honored after you screwed up, like the story of the prodigal son is Jesus' classic teaching example of how God loves us and gives us the blessing because we all know that story. So when the father rushes out to see the son on his way back after having royally screwed up, we know that the father still loves him, still honors him, throws a big party for him, and that's the blessing. So uh, that's what John and Gary talk about in this book, about just helping people identify whether or not they ever felt like they got their father's blessing. And uh, if they didn't, uh, you know, what should they do about it today? And uh, we say, of course, here that we need surrogate fathers. We need mentors. That's where our accountability group comes in sometimes. And there are other men in our life capable of providing us with the blessing. And you as listeners, if, if you're hearing this message today or whenever you're listening to this, uh, this podcast, you know, this is your invitation to, uh, if you haven't been doing that with your kids, mm-hmm. this is your invitation to say, these things matter. Right. And they, mm-hmm. they matter long term mm-hmm. uh, in the psyche and, uh, and emotional well-being uh, of, your, of your kids. So share yourself generously with them. Uh, encourage them. Right. Uh, I think the role of encourager uh, is one that is uh, underappreciated. I, I think that if more parents, more fathers understood how their kids are hanging on the positive words that can come from their dad. Yeah, I think you're even getting emotional talking about it, Randy. And that's powerful because that's this, this strikes at the core of our soul. It really does. At the wedding, my son's wedding, uh, my oldest son uh, it was a Catholic wedding, but I was asked to participate in terms of a, a kind of like a homily, but it was we called it the blessing. And uh, so I was talking to them about, uh, John and Renee, about several things that all four of his parents would like to bless them with. And basically, I was, I was taking some of it off the story of Jesus' baptism when God comes down and says, this is my son with whom I am well, well pleased. pleased. And so that's what I said. You know, uh, first of all, let me start with you, Renee. Uh, you know, since the first day we met you, we had a feeling that you were the right woman for John. And we just want you to know today that we are well pleased. You know, we are well pleased with you. Then I went on to John and then I went on to them as a couple. So, uh, yes, parents have, I don't care if you didn't do it when they were small, it's never too late. Right. And uh, Father's Day might be a good day to uh, initiate something. Well, that, that's that's a poignant and powerful point, and I'm, I'm sure that that uh, was a, a highlight for John and Renee in their wedding ceremony was to have you not only participate but uh, do it in such a meaningful way. Yeah, now I, you know, by the way, with all these uh, friends of mine, I have stories, and I want to illustrate that Smalley was a man who practiced what he preached. He, uh, when my first book came out, so this is 1992, uh, I'm having. Those days, I didn't have an office. I was just kind of working out of my home, traveling and doing lots of things, speaking around. Uh, so I was home for lunch, and uh, I get a phone call. This is the days when we still had a home phone. 
Uh, and uh, I pick up the phone, and uh, the voice at the other end said, this is Gary Smalley. And uh, I, of course, knew who he was. He's very well known. And I said, hi, how are you doing? He said, well, you know, I just wanted you to know that you're the first author that I've ever called. And the reason is, he said, the other night on a plane, uh, somebody had handed me a copy of your book, and I was reading it. And uh, uh, he said, those those uh, couple of chapters in there on families and so forth, he said, everybody needs to read those. He said, everybody needs to read those. And uh, then he went on to say, I think, you know, if you want to make that book more universally available, you know, you need to change the title. You know, I was kind of embarrassed to be reading it on the plane because of the subtitle, which was Healing the Wounds of uh, Sexual Addiction. So he's, I said, I don't, you know, I didn't really have that much to do with selecting the title. Uh, Zondervan did that. He said, well, I'm a Zondervan author. Not only is a Zondervan author, he's one of their biggest authors. So he said, I'm going to call him and tell him they need to change the title. So he did that, and what Zondervan was smart enough to do is they came back to him and said, uh, if uh, we change the title, would you be willing to write an introduction to the book? And so sure enough, even to this day, uh, Gary Smalley's endorsement, and not just that, his introduction is uh, in the book. And every time I've seen Gary since then, which has uh, been quite a few times, and you know, grieving over his death a year or more ago, he was just full of affirmation and, and uh, uh, positive praise. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he was. He was always curious about what we were doing, always kind of letting us know, both Debbie and I, that he was proud of us and the work that we were doing. And uh, so I think this is also, like we've been talking about, Randy, a chance for us to understand, you know, if we did not get the blessing ourselves, how do we cope with that? And then how do we compensate for that? How do we find people in our life today that are, are like Gary Smalley. I mean, Gary Smalley was an older man. He was like old enough to be my father. And, and he was one of those sources of positive blessing in my life. So, and then finally, our final challenge today, you're always asking me for the last word. Here's the last word. All of you fathers out there that have children, figure out Sunday what you need to say to your kids. And with that, we wish all the fathers out there a very happy Father's Day this weekend. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us again today on the Men of Valor program. We hope that this coming week is going to be a week for you that is filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.